Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Der Klimawandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. Welcome to our latest edition of Food for Europe. Now, it's a four-letter word, fundamental to all of us. Okay, let me give you a clue. It can be sandy, silty, loamy, black, red, saline, alkaline. Well, that gave it away, of course. We're talking about soil. Food for Europe has been to the Aisne département in northeast France to meet a cereal farmer who's decided to look afresh at the long-term viability of his soils. My name is Olivier Van Hift. I'm 55 and I'm a farmer in Beaurevoir, which is between Saint-Quentin and Cambrai in the end. I farm 280 hectares here. Soil for me is at the heart of my work. Before, when I didn't quite understand that, we can say that I was a farmer who quite literally exploited the land who used the soil as a medium. But I began to realize that under my feet there was a living matter and that I needed to look after it and that if I didn't look after it, sooner or later it would be game over. So it's important to understand that. Soil is living, it's a symbiosis, a balance, it demands our respect. I asked Olivier about the problems that can arise if soil is not treated with respect. Erosion, loss of organic material, climate change. Why do I say climate change? Because every time we work the soil, we reduce the organic content in the soil and it releases carbon dioxide. So soil becomes ever more vulnerable to climate change. There's a loss of organic matter, and organic matter is what maintains the structure of the soil. In general, soils have gone from an organic content of 5% to 1.5%. Below that figure, the soil can't function anymore, it's lifeless. On my farm, I'm between 2 and 2.5%, so that's okay, nothing too serious, but I can't let that continue. I asked Olivier what specific changes he's introduced recently on his farm to improve soil quality. Where I have really made a change is in planting cover crops, which means that in between two crops I plant another one. My cover crop includes different species. Why? It's to use the different depth of soil and air. Some plants have very strong roots, whether on the surface or deep down. Using different cover crops allows me to strengthen the soil at various depths. A cover crop can consist, for instance, of mustard seeds alongside pulses. Mustard is a plant that consumes nitrogen, but legumes don't like nitrogen. They take it from the air and put it into the soil. So it means that in a soil with uneven levels of nitrogen, planting these two crops together means the level of soil nitrogen will restore itself. Olivier Van Yft there, a farmer in France, telling us about his commitment to conservation agriculture. 
It's a commitment shared and led by the European Union. And here to explain the reason why is Kirsten Rosenau, Head of Unit for Research and Innovation at the European Commission's DG Agri. Kirsten, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks a lot. Uh, Happy to be here with you today. I want to ask you first about why soil health is a priority for the Commission. Please, tell us more. Yeah, it's really a big uh, problem for us because life on Earth really depends on healthy soils. Uh, So they're the basis of our agri-food systems and fertile soils are also essential to guarantee food security. This is ever more important with the recent conflict we have in Ukraine. Healthy soils, they filter water, they host biodiversity, they contribute to climate resilience as they store carbon. Uh, So this is key. So uh, we take uh, these benefits for granted and Uh, realizing that soils really are a scarce resource, we have to see that uh, nowadays uh, 60 to 70 percent of soils in Europe, but it's a worldwide problem, are unhealthy. And along with the EU soil strategy and the European Soil Observatory, the Commission's plan to tackle this challenge across Europe is the EU mission, a soil deal for Europe. What's your approach here? The mission has four different building blocks. One is uh, with research and innovation. One is with living labs and lighthouses. The third one is monitoring, soil monitoring. And the fourth one is uh, soil literacy. Uh, So really making sure that we also get uh, this education to students, to university everywhere. Tell me more about the living labs. So the living labs uh, are places uh, of experimentation where bottom-up we want to solve a certain problem that a farmer, a forester or an urban uh, community has with regards to soils. We um, take care of the matching with researchers, with with innovation institutes or business uh, that will work together to bring solutions, in fact, uh, to create solutions for this. So it's really local experimentation sites. Uh, We want to have 100 living labs at regional level with about 2,000 testing sites, local testing sites under that. That's what we promote and also finance under the mission. Kirsten Rosenau from the European Commission, many thanks. I'm pleased to welcome now Professor Rachel Kremer, a soil biologist from Wageningen University in the Netherlands. Rachel, the EU soil mission emphasizes a local, decentralized, flexible approach to soil health and quality indicators. Is that the right approach? Traditionally, we we develop these minimum data sets which we apply, but they're not fit for purpose in many of the systems that we apply them to. So why do we continue to do this? I actually think that we need to develop a flexible indicator framework, and that's something that we've been working on in in the Soil Biology Group at Wageningen, where we actually think about which soil biological measurements are suitable or are pertinent for which of the soil functions or ecosystem services that we're considering. Now, you participated in an EU-financed Horizon 2020 project on soil health called Landmark that ran for five years from 2015. Looking back on that, what can you say about lessons learned? It was one of the first times that the Commission had really pushed towards multi-actor projects in this particular discipline. And for us, it became really evident how important it was to engage the different actors um, within the Landmark project to make sure that the, the, the tools and the, the, the methods that we developed within the project really were fit for implementation. OK, give me an idea of these tools and methods that the Landmark project developed. 
What did we do? Well, we developed a decision support tool with farmers for farmers. It's called the Soil Navigator and it's available online. Um, we also assessed monitoring systems across Europe for different member states and also the Lucas Topsoil Survey with the Joint Research Centre. Um, and we reviewed uh, European level policy and legislative documents to define the role of soil quality in legislation. What would you say is the most important aspect of the EU soil mission? To be honest, I think my answer is relatively simple. I would want to really find a way to support farmers in transitioning to healthy soils. And I think that we do need to support our farmers financially through incentive schemes to give them that uh, room to change and to transition towards healthier soils. But we also need to give them knowledge support and, and community support. Um, to make that change because it's not such an easy change when you've made huge investments in a particular way management system to suddenly switch across. Thanks Rachel for your contribution to Food for Europe. Now the Earthworm Foundation is an NGO working to improve and restore our soils in Europe and I spoke to Anne-Sophie Leroy from the organisation to find out more about it. After the Second World War uh, what was expected from agriculture was to feed the population. And to do so, the model that has been chosen was to mechanize more, was to use more chemicals, was to specialize more, so go to uh, single crops. But it has been done to the detriment, I would say, of soil health. And so now the question is, how do we continue producing uh, but how do we take care of the soils at the same time? What are your priority areas of action at Earthworm? The first one is measurement. So we spent quite a lot of time defining what soil health means, what the indicators to look at are. Uh, the second one is uh, technical support, uh, because it's really not easy to change all your system. And the third thing is more uh, financial it's to find the risking mechanisms so that the farmer uh, feels safe to engage in the transition. That must mean you're engaging with a whole host of different stakeholders. We work uh, at the same time with companies, with suppliers, so whether they are cooperatives or traders. We work with retailers and we work with farmers because each of them has a role to play in this. We also work with all the players of the crop rotation. Uh, and we make them work together collectively to also pool resources, uh, to share resources and to make things happen. And Sophie Leroy there from Earthworm, thanks to her. Now, as Kirsten and Rachel said earlier, not all soils are the same and not all solutions are valid in all situations. I spoke to Professor Pandi Zdruli, a soil specialist focusing on the Mediterranean, about the effects of soil degradation caused by climate change in the region. Rural communities uh, depend on agriculture. And, and actually, if you look at the Mediterranean, you can expect that the yields of the various uh, uh, crops can be reduced due to these impacts of uh, increasing temperature. There will be less soil moisture the impact of climate change will have a severe effect. And on the other side, there will be the effect of sea level rise, for example. 
What can farmers in the Mediterranean region do for themselves to limit the effects of climate change on their soil? I know that every farmer loves his soil, but uh, there are some uh, uh, issues that uh, they also must be more uh, attentive. If you plow up and down the slope, of course you will increase erosion. Then there are the rotations. Uh, uh, we can't just keep monoculture all the time. You have to create a system with, uh, uh, with crop rotations, including also the legumes, which capture the nitrogen from the atmosphere and then uh, bring it into the soil. And of course, they increase uh, soil fertility. In the context of your work, how important is the EU soil mission? Well, I've been involved with this for many, many years, and I haven't seen before soil to reach at that high political level, which is extremely encouraging. Hopefully, uh, we will have also the soil health law, uh, which will put also some type of uh, legally binding uh, political and legislative instruments to protect the soil. Uh, Soil it's a, it, it's a property, of course, of the farmers on its own, but it also of the humanity is a common good. I mean, we all rely on that. Professor Pandis Drulli there from the International Centre for Advanced Mediterranean Agronomic Studies in Bari, Italy. Thanks to him. A final word from Michele Munafo, who's coordinating Soil for Life, a project in Italy co-financed by the EU's environmental programme LIFE. Again, decentralised and tailored to Italy's huge diversity of ecosystems and habitats. This uh, Soil for Life uh, project, uh, I think that the big opportunity and the big uh, result, uh, I think, is uh, the possibility to talk, but also to work together with the local authorities and the municipalities that have the main responsibility uh, on our soils. So we can talk a lot about the uh, importance of soil, the importance of ecosystem services and so on. So uh, I think this is the, the key. Has this experience given you more confidence that policy and practice are both heading in the right direction? I'm quite optimistic in this this situation because uh, now, at least uh, European scale, but uh, in Italy as well, uh, we think more about the importance of soil ecosystem services and so on. And also we have now more awareness about the process that can lead to soil degradation. And so I, I do think that uh, we are on the, on the right uh, way. Michele Munafo there from Soil for Life, a good way to round up this edition of Food for Europe. We'll be back again soon and our next episode will look at the food security implications of Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine. In the meantime, from all of us on the team, goodbye. Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. The climate change affects ever wider parts of the world. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. 